I'm Denzel Mohammed, and this is JobMakers. What do Apple, McDonald's, Ford Motors, State Farm Insurance, and Home Depot all have in common? They were all founded by the children of immigrants. The children of immigrants have a high propensity to be as entrepreneurial as their parents, and the United States has benefited from generations of immigrants like this. For Renier Moquete, son of immigrants from the Dominican Republic and founder of Cyber Warrior, a cybersecurity services provider in Boston, Massachusetts, he is continuing the entrepreneurial tradition started by his grandmother and mother, who moved to the U.S. in search of better for their families. In fact, he says it's love of family that prompts immigrants to do what it takes to be successful in their new homeland, including starting a business. Renier has gone further, however, and has given back to the country that gave his family a chance. He's launched nonprofits and foundations that seek to elevate disadvantaged communities, expose children to science, technology, engineering, and math, or STEM, and uplift particularly Latinx people in the U.S., bringing them to the fourth technology and leadership, as you'll learn in this week's JobMakers. Renier Moquete, uh, founder and CEO of Cyber Warrior. Welcome to JobMakers. How are you? Well, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your company. Give us the 30-second pitch. Well, uh, Cyber Warrior is a a very unique company. We train people to be cybersecurity engineers, and we put them to work. And so we've developed a, a methodology that includes an online learning platform, with a 800-hour boot camp, uh, live online, people are essentially exposed to the cybersecurity industry all the way from the basics of computer science, uh, and we graduate them as well-qualified security engineers, and then we help them get them a job. That's pretty incredible. And and as I was talking with you earlier about the statistics around un- unemployment rates for cybersecurity, um, this means your company is really important, not just now, but in the, going forward in the future, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is that cybersecurity has become a national security issue. It's not only about ensuring that people are yes, entering the industry, but that our water supply or food supply or energy supply is protected. Um, you know, today's conversation is, is particularly timely with all the geo across the world and the reality is that when we think about protecting our country there's going to be a cyber attack before any missile ever gets launched and that's just the way we live in um, beyond that cybersecurity has become a tremendous economic development opportunity when you have a situation where there are four million open jobs globally six hundred thousand open jobs in the u.s alone it's a very unique opportunity for underserved communities to come into the industry and to grow and pos- prosper. And, you know, it's it's pretty exciting and it's pretty rewarding when you have someone who is um, maybe works in a kitchen or someone who comes from a totally non-technical background without any college education at all. And they're able to go through our program and walk out with an eighty or $90,000 a year job in only six months. 
it's a pretty amazing thing. That is pretty incredible. And this, this, the numbers you shared, 600,000 open jobs in the U.S., it's kind of crazy. Um, but I want to get into your journey into entrepreneurship. Um, did you always want to be your own boss? Does it run in your family? You know, tell us, tell us how you ended up there. I always had the entrepreneurial box since I was a kid. Um, my first entrepreneurial experience was something um, a video game uh, or uh, to my friends. Um, they had this little hard video game when I was like seven or eight. Uh, and um, I used to let kids in the neighborhood play for, for 25 cents into the public. And so that was my first entrepreneurial experience. Nine years old, I had another business where I was uh, making bracelets and selling those in school. I used to go to the, to the market to buy leather and uh, cut it up. And, and um, so, um, yeah, I, I guess I've always been an entrepreneur to one degree or another. And um, I always knew that it's a passion that I wanted to pursue. And what, what qualities and skills do you think you had to draw on the most in order to launch your own business? No. I think that the the key thing to be an entrepreneur is tenacity and perseverance. Entrepreneurship is hard. There's this very uh, misconception that people go into entrepreneurship because they want to have more time or because they are going to want to work less. And it's actually exactly the opposite. I actually have to be a little bit crazy for you to want to go into business. Um, Most businesses fail. Most people put their life savings into these businesses, and it takes years before you get that money back. So you have to really be committed with the long term. For me, it was tenacity and perseverance, right? And a conviction that I'd rather play and lose than not play at all. Um, in terms of hard skills, um, my entire career has, has been in the tech sector, and so I brought that into my life as a business owner. Yet the reality is that you know most of what I know today I learned after I decided to, and I had to you know figure out how the parachute works after I was already in the air, and you know to a large degree I find myself uh, flat on the ground with with my face uh, dusted and bloody and all that, and again the perseverance comes in because you just have to get back up and. I've never heard that analogy before about skydiving, but it is, you're taking a risk. You're literally jumping into the unknown in a sense. Um, and I would venture to suggest that perhaps this is something that was in your genes because, you know, I like to say that the act of migrating is an entrepreneurial act. You take a risk, you leave everything you know behind. You're not sure if the, out- if the outcome is going to be successful or not, but you do it anyway. And your grandmother took that risk by leaving the Dominican Republic and coming to the U.S. Is that right? Absolutely, and and many of my family members as well. Um, my mom uh, as well, who you know, was a medical student in, in Dominican Republic and only needed her thesis to to finish. But yes, she decided that it was here where where she was going to be better off for her kids. Really. And um, I think it's a story of of many of the immigrants that you see in the U.S. today. In fact, most of us, uh, both either as direct immigrants or kids of immigrants, that we see that desire, that uh, audacity to see 
above all costs and the willingness to to pay a very heavy price of leaving family behind in order for you to pursue um, that desire to do something different and or to provide for your family back home, right? It, it, it really takes a lot of courage. And I think in many ways, the, the story of America, the story of entrepreneurs and the study of the story of immigrants are one of the same. It's funny that you say that because it, from time the time immigrants started, to, people started to move here, whether they call themselves immigrants or not, they, they started businesses. Uh, Levi Strauss up until Elon Musk today, it's, it's this, it is the story of immigration and is the story of America. Um, reflect a little bit on that move of your grandmother and your mother and, and the other people you knew who moved from the Dominican Republic. What do you think it, 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 it what kind of qualities do you think it reflected on their part to take that risk? I think one of the key things that it requires is, is, is a love of family. It is, it is rare that you don't see an immigrant doesn't send money back home. And even those of us that may be uh, generation Americans that uh, we might have been born here, we still have that sense of commitment towards other family members who perhaps are not as able financially. And so you have that sense of unity, sense of putting one another. And I think that that's the key driver for most immigrants. I think that uh, beyond that, again, it's that burning desire of, of pursuing a passion. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, great entrepreneurs like Elon Musk. It's really that um, a tenacity that says, well, I'm not going to be able to achieve whatever it is that I want to achieve within, you know, my local community. And so, I'm going to go out and I'm going to venture and I'm going to pursue whatever it is I want to pursue at all costs. And I think that that's the thing that's made America so successful. When you have all these people have that same fit, that same audacity, that same desire to, to move forward. I love the way you frame that in terms of love of family. And the story of many immigrant families is can be very, very um, chopped up. You know, one parent moves at first, they're separated from their kids, and for years they try to establish themselves, they send for one kid, two kids, uh, the rest of the family comes up, it might take 10, 20 years for that to happen. Um, and people often wonder, you know, why would families split up like this? But sometimes that's the only way, often, often more oftentimes than not. Um, and you use the word audacity, which I find fascinating. I don't think anyone else has used that word on this podcast to describe it is audacious of them to think that they can do this and that it might actually work. What is your company, Cyber Warrior, like, what does it ultimately empower individuals to do? What career and business opportunities are available for them after they, for instance, take your boot camp? We're training cybersecurity engineers. We are taking them into the doorway of an industry that is growing by leaps and bounds. Everything in our world today is dependent upon technology. Even if it's a glass of water, a glass of water does not reach your lips unless it was touched by some way, shape, or form. Look at the way we're communicating today. Look at the way the world has changed with our pandemic, right? So cybersecurity is the knitting that keeps all this technology working properly. Otherwise, people would 
part and use it for nefarious things. So we put people at the doorway of this industry and they're able to not only pursue careers as engineers, but they're also able to pursue careers as auditors. They're able to pursue careers in sales. Uh, the fact that you're able to sell technology, the fact that you're able to sell software, the fact that you're able to sell consulting services within such a fast-growing industry, all these things are extremely lucrative. And so if there's one thing that we're providing, it's, it's opportunity. It's an opportunity for people to gain access to economic freedom. It's not a job for the fu- job of the future, it's the job of now. But all of this goes back to whether or not enough people choose to focus their studies on STEM. You are part of several initiatives in Massachusetts, um, some of which you founded yourself, like the Latinos in STEM uh, and the Cyber Warrior Foundation, as well as Tech Hire Boston that encourages young people to get into the STEM fields in a very, very hands-on way. So tell us about at least one of them. Let's say the Cyber Warrior Foundation. What's the main message you want to get out to parents and kids? Well, with Cyber Warrior Foundation, what we aim to do is to engage youth early in their lives into the world of cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is a career that you'll never be bored. Why? Because you're learning something new every single day. And it also has this um, mystery to it. Uh, It's been romanticized in movies with the hackers and this and that. And the reality is that the things you see on TV are, to a large degree, very real. Those are the risks associated with uh, security breach. Um, And at the same time, it also provides not only a very fun career path, but one that allows um, kids to um, use a lot of the things that they enjoy in, let's say, gaming, use those concepts in real life. So I would say that for parents thinking about opportunities for their children, here's something that would allow them to play and have fun with while also making a good living. Let's put an intersectional lens on this because you're also a part of the Latino Equity Fund out of the Boston Foundation. And a lot of the work you do with young people is to get families that are in disadvantaged communities or groups that are probably traditionally not uh, occupiers of the STEM field to enter the STEM field. So why is that part of it important to you? And is it does it have anything to do with the fact that you're from the DR, you know, your heritage is based in, in the U.S. and the DR? Yeah, I mean, as, a, as an Afro-Latino, I'm, I'm certainly committed to creating equity and opportunity, and, and that's why I've decided to participate in the Latino Equity Fund. Uh, the Latino Equity Fund is the first and only Latino-focused fund in Massachusetts. Um, it was funded and seeded by the Boston Foundation and Hispanics and Philanthropy. It's a, it's a very unique partnership of Latino philanthropists and business leaders who essentially came together to say, hey, we, we need to find some solutions and we need to elevate this message, right? So the, the focus has been on raising money. And over the last few years, um, uh, $700,000 in grants have been given out to Latino-led and Latino-serving organizations. Going into the next three years, there's a focus on raising $10 million in order to strengthen the economic opportunities that are available to Latinos. Have you already seen success with this, even if it's small successes? Absolutely. Uh, We not only have been able to support uh, 
communities within the COVID pandemic. But even before COVID, we've been making key investments in early childhood education, health equity, workforce development. Um, and so over the last five, six years where we've been operating, we have been very deliberate in identifying the communities that need the most help and then engaging subject matter experts from within those communities to ensure that whatever investments we're making are targeted towards those that need it most and where we're going to see the most impact. Um, and so there's a number of stories that we've seen of families that have been uh, brought out of poverty as well as, um, you know, for example, in, in, in certain communities here in Massachusetts, um, such as Chelsea, for example, has, you know, vaccination rates of 98, 99%. And, you know, those are the type of things where we look to invest in. Oh, wow, that's an incredible st- statistic about Chelsea. Um, finally, just bring it into the present day, given the legacy of your family. Uh, if you had to give America a message about the value of immigrant entrepreneurship to the U.S., you know, you're training people, you're not training immigrants, you're training everybody to protect the, the U.S., to protect all the U.S. assets. Um, what, given how shrouded immigration is in, in politics and controversy, what would you say to America about the value of immigrant entrepreneurship to us? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe there was Nelson Mandela that said that uh, everything's impossible until, until somebody does it, right? And immigrants do what's impossible. And that same desire to do the impossible, to create opportunities for their families, to um, create opportunities for themselves are things that are the bedrock of entrepreneurship, are the bedrock of capitalism. We're the people that are creating jobs. We're the ones that are risking it all for the things that we believe in. And that is what has allowed us as a country to prosper and move forward. A country of immigrants, we always have been. And it's that, again, audacity and that desire to move forward that allows us as a country to be successful. That is a terrific message that succinctly sums up everything we try to say in this podcast. Uh, Renia Moquete, uh, CEO and founder of Cyber Warrior, thank you for joining us on the Jobmakers podcast. Jobmakers is a weekly podcast about immigrant entrepreneurship and contribution produced by Pioneer Institute, a think tank in Boston, and the Immigrant Learning Center in Malden, Massachusetts, a not-for-profit that gives immigrants a voice. Thanks for joining us for this week's incredible story of entrepreneurship, this time from the child of immigrants. Next week, we'll be joined by Teresa Park, Deputy Director and Senior Executive Vice President of Mass Development, on how immigrant entrepreneurs are revitalizing cities like Lowell, Lawrence, Worcester, and more. I'm Denzel Mohammed. See you next Thursday at noon for another Jobmakers. <laughs>